It's showtime, folks! Hola, this is Shelly Martinez. This is former WWE superstar Luke Gallows. Here's your boy Shaq Gaspard. This is the World Warrior Low Key. This is Kyrie Sultan of Ring of Honor. This is Christopher Daniels. And the gospel according to the Fallen Angels says that you are listening to the SNS Radio Network. Hey, yo, say hello to the bad guy, Scott Hall. Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, what's up? It's the ODB 130 Pit Boom! Hi, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Hi, gang. This is Mean Gene Okerlund from the WWE. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. The world is listening. Is the main event. What you gonna do? Call this the new world order of wrestling because Stone Cold said so. Oh my god! What I'd like to have right now. Rest in peace, Motorrush. Be the man! You gotta beat the man! Are you ready? You think you know me? Oh, you didn't know? Yeah, I come here to fight! And innovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. Welcome fans, your host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman is proud to present the show that takes you back in time, bringing you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So get ready to go beyond the bell on the SNS radio network, as well as archive at beyondthebell.podbean.com. This edition is a special BTB Extra for you fans as we take a look back at the heel hitman, the heel turn of Brent, the hitman heart. Just as Bob Backlund was the definition of a, of a wrestling face during the late 1970s and early 1980s, so was Brent Hitman Hart in the early to mid-90s. But while the wrestling world changed dramatically during Backlund's absence, Hart watched the coming of the Attitude Era right before his very eyes. The Hitman was WWE's top star in the early 90s and fit the bill of a traditional wrestling face perfectly. He was kind, fair, and tremendously talented in the ring. But by the middle of the decade, audiences were ready for something different. Everything that Bret Hart did, he did believably. And so, when it was time for him to turn heel after a long and legendary run as the clean-cut babyface in the WWF in the spring of 97, the Hitman did it in a way that was unique, uncompromising, and strikingly real. 
Moreover, he did it on the grandest stage. At WrestleMania 13, we saw Hart face off against then-rival, the up-and-coming bad guy, Stone Cold Steve Austin. The winds of change were breezing through the WWF at at that time, signaling a coming of a revolution that Hart foresaw and understood more clearly than any other superstar. Or you could say, at the very most. Austin, despite his insistence on rule-breaking and his refusal to show anything but disdain to his peers, authority, and the fans as well, was gathering an ever-growing fan base, surprisingly. At the same time, fans were losing interest in the Hitman's babyface character. So, in a beautifully executed shift, talked about to this very day, we discussed it as well on Beyond the Bell, the rivals switch places at WrestleMania, finally giving fans the license to openly cheer their new hero and guiltlessly jeer the old one. As Hart himself once put it, like a true good guy, Austin never gave up. And like a true bad guy, I kicked him while he was down. Indeed, Austin never gave up. Even when he was locked in the sharpshooter, blood cascading down his face from an earlier laceration, that picture was embedded in the minds of wrestling fans and the future fans of the business, as it's still being seen to this very day, not as much due to the PG content and lack of blood. But uh, that Raw magazine cover of the blood just dripping down Stone Cold's face will forever be remembered. But finally, he passed out from the pain, and sure enough, once he had, the hitman put the boots to him before stopping off to the boobs of, cra- of the crowd. And you remember, then referee Ken Shamrock making his pay-per-view debut with the company at WrestleMania as well, pulling Hart off, basically almost suplexing him right off Austin. And the fans started booing the former babyface, Brett the Hitman Hart. The heel turn produced Austin the Hero, a character that would carry the late 90s WWF into the stratosphere and beyond. But it also produced the sinister new hitman, a villain as unique and compelling as any that's come before or even since. The hitman went on to reform the Hart Foundation, but this time as an anti-American faction that drew insane amounts of heat in in the United States while maintaining to actually stay face and babyface in both Canada and Europe. It was a tremendous, varying difference. Unbelievable and unique at the time. You know, there's a lot of things that were wrong about that match. The, 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 the match itself was, uh, it wasn't beneficial to me, but that's fine. I accepted that, and I, and I still accept that. Uh, the fact that if it was going to be an hour, 60-minute, that's what I hear, 60-minute Iron Man match. It wasn't a 60-minute Iron Man match. It was a 62-minute Iron Man match. And if there was going to be overtime or sudden death or anything of that nature, why did they ring the bell in the first place? They should have just... Here, it's like I wait. I wait, and I wait, and I promise myself that I'm going to wait till this guy makes his one big mistake. And he does. He makes it at the 59-minute mark. He gets careless, just like I always... I know this guy. He's going to get careless, and he, may, he, and, he, and he makes that mistake. And then they got, it's almost like they have the nerve to come up 
after I've beaten him, you know, he didn't give up, but don't tell me. No one can convince me that he wasn't history. He was done. He was finished. In the middle of the ring, there was no ropes. There was no one in the world that could save him. There wasn't any way he was going to kick out or kick me in the face or anything. He was a beaten man. He knows it, and I know it. And uh, they rang the bell, and it's not my job to beat Shawn Michaels. I said that from the very, very beginning. It's my job to keep the title. It's his job to beat me, and he never did in a 60-minute Iron Man match. I walked out of that ring. I should have kept on going back to the dressing room. And, you know, that, it's that delay, that little delay there of about two or three minutes of uh, getting the match restarted and uh, kind of getting my blood boiling, and, and that's, that's where I made my big mistake. I could, could never, ever see working for uh, another organization because I think it would be a step down. Uh, you know, as I understand, there's certain uh, wrestling organizations that seem to be throwing a lot of money around. Uh, but I'd like to make it very well understood that that I'm not somebody that's greedy for money. I'm always uh, I'm, I'm a person that's greedy for respect. And uh, the only place I'm ever going to get respect is in the World Wrestling Federation. I think there's a certain part of me that. Uh, has less and less yearning to even come back to it because I think uh, I feel a little bit betrayed. As always, seems like every time I lose that damn title, I'm a little bit betrayed. But uh, yeah, I'd like a title shot first thing tomorrow morning. You wake me up at five o'clock if you want. Bret Hart claimed that it was the American audience that recognized their own cold heartedness, their own cold heartness, their own cold beings, their own cold lifestyles, and turned their backs on the hitman as they looked to Austin as their hero, the cold-heartedness in Austin they saw in themselves. So they turned their backs on the hitman to go to Stone Cold. Hart lashed out against fans in the States, taking every opportunity on the mic to point out their disloyalty, their disturbing tastes, and their political and social failings of the country. At the time, Hart remained at an acknowledged good guy and hero in his homeland, Canada, and even more so was even more popular and even throughout much of Europe as well. Nobody glorifies criminal conduct like the Americans do. In all the countries that I go to around the world, they still respect what's right and what's wrong. You American wrestling fans coast to coast, you don't respect me. Well, the fact is, I don't respect you. So from here on in, the American wrestling fans, coast to coast, can kiss my ass. Watch this chorus of booze directed at Bret Hart. It's a, a road that nobody's ever went down, trying to be a good guy everywhere else and a bad guy here. And I think the logic for me is, is to try to make the American wrestling fans get to be the bad guys. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Brett the Hitman Hart. Thank you for letting me still be your hero. And thank you for believing in me. A few weeks ago, I was told, America, love it or leave it. I've been all over the United States of America. And the one thing that I've in particular looked forward to is loving, leaving it. For me, Canada is a country where we still take care of the sick and the old 
where we still have health care. We got gun control. We don't shoot each other and kill each other on every street corner. Canada isn't riddled with racial prejudice and hatred. Across Canada, we all care for each other. And I am proud to be Canadian. And I am proud to be your hero. Last week, I said the United States of America was one big, giant toilet bowl. If you were going to give the United States of America an enema, you'd stick the holes right here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That wasn't my idea to say that. I'm urged, I'm not forced, but I'm urged to say this to really get them going. And in retrospect, now looking back, I think it was a mistake to say that. It's That's not me. Uh, I wouldn't have said that, and I don't personally think that if I was going to stick the hose in the United States, I would, certainly wouldn't look at Pittsburgh. Um, maybe Washington. Maybe Washington. One thing I've learned is that Americans will do absolutely anything to screw you. Brett, the hitman heart, is one of those wrestlers that you can love or hate, but you absolutely have to respect the man. While his actions in his personal life are controversial and his outspoken, sometimes malicious nature have turned fans off, the reality of it is it basically that Brett, the hitman heart, is one of the true great professional wrestlers of all time. Whether it was heel or babyface, Brett, the hitman heart, was one of the true greats and deserves that Hall of Famer status that he has. But the heel turn that we saw from the Hitman just added that new dimension to his character. I believe it really cemented him as one of the greats. We all know of the Montreal Screwjob, talked to death, analyzed to death. We talked about it here on Beyond the Bell. But I truly believe that if it wasn't without this heel turn for the Hitman, he may not have been as big of a star or his legacy may not have been been as big because it really gave him that well-rounded character and gave him that overwhelming popularity uh, in Canada even more so because they loved him even more that he hated the U.S. And to this day, people still hold that new Heart Foundation group in the upper echelon of factions, which we'll discuss in a future show here beyond the bell. But that heel turn really created a buzz around the Heart Foundation, around Brett and it will forever be known as one of the greatest heel turns of all time. Fans, I'd like to thank you for joining us for this very short BTB Extra. This was cut out of the initial heel turn show we had a couple weeks ago for you fans. So I wanted to bring it to you and have some audio clips and, and promise to bring you nothing but the best audio we can here at Beyond the Bell and the SNS Radio Network. So stay tuned for more prog- programming coming up this week on the network. We have... Uh, Wrestling News Live coming up, as well as the wonderful show you guys got to listen to, What Would Fans Do? It's it's very interactive for you uh, fans of the SNS Radio Network, as well as Unplugged, hosted by JJ Allcap Sexay on Fridays, and then Beyond the Bell, coming your way weekends as well, each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. This upcoming weekend, we have a great show lined up for you, as we'll look back at Epic Encounters, Volume 3. Two unbelievable feuds which we'll go through. It will be, we'll take a look back at Andy Kaufman. 
versus Jerry the King Lawler. What a feud. Some great audio clips for you to take a, take a trip back down memory lane. And this was truly the essence of what a feud should be. And in the main event, we'll take a look back at the storied rivalry that transitioned between uh, companies and territories. The, the feud between Nature Boy Ric Flair and the Macho Man Randy Savage. We'll go through it chapter by chapter. The long legacy of Flair and Savage will be analyzed in the main event slot at Epic Encounters Volume 3 on Beyond the Bell coming up this weekend. Your host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman signing off, and we'll end this special extra edition with the first ever theme for the Hitman. It was actually for the Hart Foundation. And the Hitman carried it to his first ever singles championship run, intercontinental title, to his first ever WWF championship. And it was the theme that the bass rhythm carried over to his previous and most recent theme with that initial unforgettable guitar riff added in. But this is the initial Heart Foundation theme that started out the legacy of the Hitman. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this BTB Extra Edition We'll see you this weekend as we'll go Beyond the Bell.